hey guys so it is currently two three sorry i mean 3 52 a.m right now and i'm here alone recording it's it's kind of it feels kind of fun but also a bit scary because i'm like all alone i actually wanted to wake up earlier than this so before going to bed last night i prayed to god and i asked him to wake me up by like 3 20 3 25 or so and i actually woke up by like 3:32. well obviously when praying i asked him for the strength to actually leave my bed i prayed that I wouldn't I wouldn't feel sleepy when I woke up and thank God he delivered I actually did not feel sleepy and I felt I just felt the urge to leave my bed usually when I pray to wake up really early I hardly ever have the strength to like leave my bed I just i'll just be like i'll just leave it i'll just leave it like i could do it during the day you know i right now i'm so grateful to god and i am so proud of myself like i can't believe i actually left my bed and okay usually i actually wake up at the early hours of the day but i always end up going back to sleep so before we get on with the the deed of the day um i just wanted to tell you guys a little something it's like a little testimony of mine so today is monday and well yesterday was sunday obviously and it's something that happened to me during service so saturday night my mom told me i should get ready because we're going to church really really early in the morning honestly i was not ready i did not want to go to church because i was going to bed late and throughout the day i had this headache and it just felt like the best excuse to use when she would wake me up the next day so when it was i think i woke up around like 1 or 2 a.m i think it was 2 a.m to use the restroom and i could not go back to sleep mainly because i did not want to go to church like it was not in my plan to go to church so my mind wouldn't let me sleep even though i tried i could not go back to sleep so well i ended up going back to sleep by like 4 a.m and then it was like there is no way i'm going to church well the lord had other plans and my mom ended up waking me up by seven and then she told me to get ready to go to church i for some reason i did not want to argue with her i didn't want to tell her i was tired or anything the headache was still there mind you 
but I just decided to go to church. I was not happy. I was tired. I had this headache. And let's just say I was basically depressed. But then we ended up going to church. And something amazing happened during service. Mind you, when I entered that church, I was I was not in my sorry i was not myself i was not smiling i could not even fake a smile because i really have no idea why why that was going on but i was just not myself so my mom and i went to church it was it's the past the church we went to here was like a small gathering of people so when we went there we just sat at the back because they had just finished the opening prayer but then someone came and ushered us to the front and then we we went there and we sat down honestly i did not care whether we sat at the front or at the back so we sat and the message continued the message of that day of yesterday was focused on John 11 the gospel of John this is something I have I've read the story I have read the chapter I have um, basically I know this it's something I'm familiar with it's the story of the death of Lazarus and Jesus coming back to raise him back from from the dead and it was like when he started preaching there was just this this small voice in my head that was like oh I know this already like maybe I don't really need to pay attention and stuff but I know this so it felt like my body was there but my mind was somewhere else so while he was preaching and he was saying stuff i was also saying stuff in my mind saying stuff that i knew and then something told me just keep quiet and listen stop being a know-it-all just just keep quiet you don't know what would happen you don't know what's going to happen just keep quiet and listen yo i think i think that was the holy spirit talking to me at that point in time because even though these sorry the words he was speaking the words the pastor was speaking well were things i knew already talking about the significance of jesus coming after the fourth day or on the fourth day and you know raising lazarus from the dead and everything y'all okay i have felt like some messages were like directly um speaking to me before but this time it was different it was different in the sense that i started shedding tears i wasn't like crying i did not actually burst into tears even though i felt like it i wanted to burst into tears right there in church but i didn't want people to look at me weird and I also didn't want people to know that I was crying. 
even my mother that was beside me i did not want her to know i was crying y'all i was crying the tears were rolling down i feel like the pastor knew i have no idea i don't know whether he saw me crying but sometimes when i would lift my head up i would see him looking at me i was like there's no way this man knows that i'm crying but i felt like he knew because he kept looking at me i still cannot believe what happened because i cannot believe i cried if it was because of maybe like a worship session or a song i would understand that oh the song moved me to tears but y'all this time it was because of a message and it just felt like the lord was speaking directly to me i felt like i was finally being heard like the lord heard me and he was telling me he was just talking to me i felt like i was the only person listening at that point in time and then at that moment i was like thank god i came to church and of course you're wondering why i was so moved well it was like pastor said something and he said it feels like you're at a dead end it feels like the lord is not listening to you he's not paying attention to you but he knows exactly what is going on with you and he's just waiting for the right time and the right time in the sense that when he answers your prayers when he makes a move you cannot deny that it is the lord that answered your prayer basically he wants you to like sort of lose hope in people in the things of the world and he just wants you to focus on him alone and it probably feels like you're giving up even on your faith but god is telling you just hold on he is going to deliver you from this problem like there's no one no one knows your problems better than god God knows your problems even more than you know them. Like he understands you better than you understand yourself. And sometimes it feels like he is not going to deliver you. And it feels like he's just there listening. And maybe you feel like he's not even listening to you. But I'm here to tell you, do not lose hope. The Lord is listening to you. The Lord has your back. No one has your back the way the Lord does. Sometimes it feels like there is no way he's going to answer you. The time is running out and you literally have no hope. But that is the time he's going to deliver. Because when he delivers, he does not want you to, you know, attribute it to something else. Maybe you're like oh it's probably because this person helped me or something like well yes god can use someone else to bless you but when he answers your prayers there is no way you can deny that god came through like there's no way you can make up an excuse and be like it is because of something else you just know that this is the work of the lord 
and you're just there in awe of his name and just give glory to his holy name so yeah that is what that is sort of like what was going on i felt like the lord was not listening to me i felt like the lord was did not even have time for me but when that pastor preached i was like damn it just felt so surreal it felt like wow the lord actually listened to me and you know the funny thing lately i've been feeling like i've been feeling kind of distant from god and also probably because of my problems and the fact that i've not really been spending time with him so i felt like this was sort of punishment for not listening or not spending time with him but i feel like the thing i just kept on doing was prayer i would wake up or whenever i woke up at the early hour of the morning or let's say i wake up in the middle of the night i would pray early in the morning i would pray and it felt like i just kept on praying even though i wasn't like praying something lengthy during the day i would just keep saying thank you jesus thank you lord like i would always say it under my breath or i would say it in my mind and this was like when i was like walking around or doing something and it just felt like i needed god at every point in my life i need him to like get me through the basic things and it felt like i needed to invite god in my life and everything and hearing that just made me i still cannot believe i still cannot believe what happened and i don't know if this has happened to you before if maybe you were so moved to tears by the preaching of the word but it just feels so so surreal to me and you know i've been talking about this for way too long so i'm just going to move into today's episode so today is um i'm going to be talking about well basically the temptation and the fall of man this is like a part two to the last episode i posted the last episode like maybe a month or two ago and if this episode is like way overdue it's something i should have posted a long time ago but i have been so lazy and i'm so sorry and now i'm delivering (laughs) i'm delivering at the at a very very late time i i hope you like this episode honestly and i would love to hear what you have to say i would love to hear your thoughts your opinions your corrections and everything and i would just love to hear what you guys have to say so hello everyone and welcome or welcome back to raise an army So maybe you're wondering why I'm doing a part two. Well, um, part two was already planned from the beginning. The last episode or the first episode was kind of long. It was like 
longer than I expected or well I did expect it to be long but well I think you understand what I mean so I could not add this part to to that part because it would just be way too long and well I don't think this episode is going to be long I hope I hope I hope pray for me (laughs) and um I would love it if you listen to the first the the part one of the of this episode so let me tell you what happened yeah I actually wrote a script and then when I came back I did not like the script anymore so I wanted to just you know just try to get the episode out there so I tried to like say things off the top of my head but at a point I got so frustrated so I ended up deleting that entire recording and then now I'm doing a whole fresh a whole new recording again and this is after rereading the whole chapter so I just wrote down a script for my- I wrote down a whole new um script for this episode and I don't know it feels so different now I feel like a whole new person <laughs> I feel like I'm going overboard with everything, but honestly, I'm just grateful to God. So, what is um, part two going to be about? Part two is about um, <clears throat> about topics that we talk about every time. It's about topics that we even debate on based on our based on our human perspective of things, our human perception of things stuff like why was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil living there in the first place was the tree evil we talk and sometimes we debate about choice sin, um temptation consequences not being able to take account or take responsibility for the choices we make in life um asking for forgiveness asking for forgiveness and of course the most important thing god's mercy so question number one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil evil in the first place was it actually bad was it the source of sin well a simple answer to that would be no no it is not evil the tree was not the source of sin or anything saying that the tree was evil be implying that god made something evil and god is good and everything he made everything he created is good genesis 1 verses 31 confirms that and the lord saw everything he had made and it was good so what is the source of sin or the origin of sin simplybible.com says the devil's lies are the source of sin the fall of eden shows its source through the fall of man sin entered the world godquestions.org says By his own evil intention, the man corrupted the pure nature he had received from God, and by his fall, drew all his posterity to him or with him to destruction.
But how is man evil if he do not know what evil was in the first place? I think this comes down to the topic of choice. The choices we make either make us or break us. And in this case, it broke not just Adam and Eve, but their entire generation, the entire human race. In the book of Romans, Apostle Paul talks about how Adam and Eve must have taken advantage of the Lord and had taken advantage of his love and did not worship him as God. Instead, they taught of foolish ideas. And you can see this come in play when they fell into temptation. But first of all, let's talk about choice. Choice is like the best blessing the Lord has ever given us. I call this a blessing because it is literally, it is, it is a blessing. It's free will. It's the choice to do whatever you want. Do what you want. However, remembering that there are certain rewards and consequences for certain um, decisions or choices we make. When the Lord created man, he gave him choice. The choice to either be with him or go the other way. However, remembering that there are certain things that will happen. Okay, so when you choose to pursue a relationship with God, right? You let go of everything you might have if you were to fall into sin and just go with the world. You let go of certain um certain fun things or certain um things you'll be able to do and just let let all that go, sacrifice everything and just pursue a relationship with God. However, when you choose to be in the world and not and not with God, you let go of every single privilege, every single thing that comes with being with God. So it's sort of like, you know what you're getting, you know what you're getting yourself into. It's not like you don't have a choice. God did not want us to be mindless robots. He wanted us to feel, to want to be with him, to intentionally create time, to intentionally sacrifice things we might get or the world might give us that are temporary and simply be with him and of course he is going to there are so many benefits with, um, of being with god and everything is for his glory and he wants us to make time to cultivate a relationship with him and understand him because he knows us he knows everything we want he knows everything from conception till the day you die he knows everything about you when you want to have a good relationship with someone, you try to create time to be with them. You, e you either call them every day, you text them, you, you want to engage with them. And that is the same thing we are to do as children of God. We are to create time to talk to our father, to worship him to have reverence for him and be in awe of his mighty power and sovereignty. Now, how does sin come into play? I heard a preacher once say that sin 
is the perversion of the free will God has given us. You have a choice to pick your path. You can either do something or not do it. No one is going to force you. Sin happens as a result of the choices we make. Certain choices, certain bad choices we make. And how does the devil get us to sin? Well, it's not like he doesn't always attack. Like he does not always come at you with full force. He gradually plants doubts in your mind, in your heart, in your head. It starts gradually without you even thinking about it in the first place. It's like something you can easily brush off. It's like dropping pebbles in a jar of water until it begins to spill, until the water begins to spill. When the serpent in the garden came at Eve, he did not immediately say, Oh, what God told you was a lie. And if you eat it, you're going to be like God. No. He first asked a very general question. He came at her as a sort of a confused being. Sort of like confused. He just, he asked a very general question. He was like, um, did God say you could not eat any of the fruits in the garden? And Eve being a probably very nice person and just wanting to, you know, Correct a talking serpent. (laughs) And she's like, no. God said we could eat of every tree except one. And in the process, she ends up exaggerating the whole thing. Exaggerating every single... um, Exaggerating the instruction that was given by God. God said, do not eat it. But what Eve says is... We're not allowed to even touch it. And by that, it sort of gives or makes the whole thing easier. And then the devil is like, nah, it's not that deep. I mean, God is just saying that because he does not want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to have full control of over your life, full control over yourself. He is just gatekeeping. The serpent took her eyes off of every single thing she was she was allowed to do, every single thing the Lord had allowed her to do, and placed her attention on just one thing. When the devil tempts us, he does not tell you about all the the thousands of things that God allows you to do. He just places your mind on the very very few things you're not allowed to do and by doing so you forget every other thing and then you're you're so focused on that one thing the devil starts by downplaying things he's like nah it's really not that serious you're just doing it one time and then one time becomes twice and then you just get sucked in he paints sin as a sort of a liberation something that will liberate you from the shackles that god has tied you in and in genesis chapter 4 we see the lord tell cain that sin sin's desire is to rule over you 
sin does not liberate you it simply stops you from achieving what you are supposed to do and destroys your relationship with god sin is not is not a liberation or some source of liberation sin tries to offer you a life that is without god but let me tell you something a life without god a life without christ is not a life that is bondage sis that <laughs> that is bondage when the serpent came to them he says when they eat the fruits they are going to become like god he offers them a life that is without god he tells them they are going their eyes are going to be opened and they're going to operate on a on a different level they're going to become like god and takes their mind off the fact that they are literally created in the image of god spiritually and morally so what else could they want this opening of the eyes thing sort of reminds me or makes me think of like the new age religion but that is a whole topic for another day seeking divinity and holiness from a source that does not include god or christ don't don't do that you're only going to hurt yourself and end up sinning against god god hates sin he hates sin not because it affects him our sin does not affect god god hates sin because it affects us right there and then eve was left with the option or with the options of walking away or listening to what the serpent had to say and she chose to listen and by listening she considered the things he had said she not only considered it she thought it was good for food and so she ate from the fruit and it was delightful to look at and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise and insightful so you can see that she actually thought about it and she desired it she wanted it and by doing that she fell she ate from it and then she fell into temptation let me just make something clear it is not a sin to get tempted however it is a sin to fall into temptation remember even jesus was tempted and he was a man that lived on earth without sin when she ate it when she ate from it she gave her husband and her husband also ate from the fruit from the tree remember it is um almost a certainty that adam was there with eve throughout the entire conversation between her and the serpent and he did not say a thing limitations are there to protect us but the enemy makes us think otherwise it helps us distinguish between good and bad 
and in a state or in a place whereby there are no limitations it becomes it leads to anarchy where people can do whatever they want not knowing what is good and what is bad or not even caring at all caring about other people caring about what their actions might lead to the devil was cast down because of his pride and because he basically wanted to be god and so he offered eve and still offers us today a life that is without god a life whereby we are so focused on ourselves and other things that we end up missing the joy that comes with being with the lord you cannot find joy love and peace away from god he is the only one that can provide all these things and truly give satisfaction before you make a decision think about it better yet pray about it when we realize that we've made bad decisions sometimes it's hard for us to accept what we've done so it feels better to blame someone else for the things said and done instead of realizing what we have done we tend to blame others or other things for how we reacted to certain situations according to why we blame others by anna gonzalez quote the reason why people usually blame others is that it's a quick escape from guilt blame is an incredibly easy and effortless tactic to use when we feel defensive if you do not hold yourself accountable for the consequences of your behavior thoughts and feelings you get to continue life thinking you do not have any flaws or areas needing improvement basically blaming other things or other people and lack of accountability makes us feel better once again it is not a sin to get tempted however it is a sin to fall into temptation so yes you will be held accountable for the decision you made or you make in the story adam blames eve and also kind of blames god because he said it is the wife you gave me she gave me the fruit and i ate of it and when god asks eve she says it is the serpent's fault but before that god asks them where they are god looks for them and it is not because God doesn't know where they are. I mean, God is sovereign. He sees and knows everything. But I think it's because he wanted them to tell him what they had done. But instead of confessing and asking for forgiveness, they decide to put the blame on each other. When they ate of the fruit, their eyes were open and they realized that they were naked. When we sin, we feel guilt and shame just as Adam and Eve felt at that very moment and what do we do next same as them we hide from god even though they tried to hide from god which they cannot 
He went after them. He went after them and he clothed them. When I read that verse, I almost cried. I was so overwhelmed. And it just it just paints and shows how merciful God is. And one more thing, he listened to them before he punished them. Notice how God only asks Adam and Eve about what they've done. There was hope for them. However, for the serpent, there was no hope. And to top it all off, he was cursed first. When we go against God, he lets us face the consequences of our actions. And he punishes us. So we know that what we have done or what we did is wrong. And so we can learn from it and not do it in the future. I always felt like the Lord was just always way too harsh on the Israelites. That was until I read the book of Ezekiel. You probably realized that in a different book, but for me, it was the book of Ezekiel. I totally recommend that any and everybody reads the book of Ezekiel. At first, it's kind of scary, but you just sort of understand things after a while reading that book. So, as I was saying, I always felt like the Lord was just being way too harsh on the Israelites. And I felt like they, okay, yes, they deserved the punishment. But I felt like it was just like a bit too much. Until I realized what they were doing. Fam, they were doing a lot. And it was bad. It was real bad. They were killing righteous men offering prayers to idols their leaders were deceiving people these are people that are supposed to lead the people of god but they were deceiving the people for their own benefits they were disobeying god and following other standards they refused to listen and follow the standards of god Yet they confirmed to the standards of the world. Sounds familiar? Anyways, they were false prophets. Women were wearing magical charms on their wrists and practicing witchcraft. They were shedding blood unnecessarily, mistreating and dishonoring their parents. They were oppressing foreigners oppressing orphans and widows they despised holiness desecrating the sabbath they were eating in shrines and worshiping idols they violated women they've also violated women on their periods and back then women on their periods were seen as unclean they defiled their daughter-in-laws violated their sisters, uncovered the nakedness of their mothers and stepmothers. They accepted bribes to shed blood. They were extorting people. Overall, they forgot the laws of the Lord. They were not keeping... Oh no, the worst of it all, they were sacrificing 
their firstborn children to these idols. They were sacrificing the children of the Lord to idols. They were doing the worst of the worst. And by doing all these things, they were bringing shame to the name of the Lord. As Christians, as believers, as true believers and children of the Lord, we do not do the things or we are not supposed to do the things that the people of the world are doing. We are supposed to live in a certain way, following the laws of the Lord. The Israelites were known for the God they served. He is a living God. He is sovereign. He has brought them out of out of danger and out of slavery over and over again. He saves them all the time. So other nations were seeing what they were doing and they associated it with oh these are children of God like the living God. So why are they living a sinful life like what what does god have to say about this and everyone knows that god is against evil so yeah they were bringing shame onto the name of the lord we as christians are supposed to live an exemplary life this doesn't mean we are supposed to be perfect. Only God is perfect. This means that we are to live a life of love. A life full of the glory of God. We are to live our lives for God. And when we sin, we run back to God in true repentance and ask for forgiveness. So when God punishes us or lets us face the consequences of our own actions, it is so we learn from our mistakes and we avoid doing that in the future. If there are no punishments or consequences, then we do not know and we do not even realize what we have done wrong. And then we keep on living a sinful and destructive life. There are times in both the Old and New Testament when God allows the temples to be destroyed. And this is because of the sin of the people, of his people. This is from the Women's Devotional Bible NIV. Quote, we see a pattern through the Old and New Testament of sin destroying the temple. The same thing happens to us today with our temple, that is, our bodies. Sin drives out holiness and destroys our fellowship with God. If we do not realize the things that our bad actions do to us, we are going to keep living a life that won't just destroy us but also destroy other people so hold yourself accountable for the things that you do and for the decisions you make and when you do that and realize your mistake the next step 
is asking for forgiveness truly repenting and asking the lord to forgive you well not just asking for forgiveness but intentionally putting effort to not do that thing or to not do those things again david is seen as a man after the heart of god and david is not perfect he was a king yes but he was not he was far from perfect he caused the death of uriah he forced himself on bathsheba he made so many mistakes but one thing david always did was run back to god and ask for forgiveness when you're reading the book of psalms it's like one minute he's crying and asking god for forgiveness and then the next he is praising the name of the lord david knew that he he had whenever he made a mistake whenever he sinned against god he he went back to ask god for forgiveness and that is exactly what we should do it's not like you're not allowed to sin or you cannot make a mistake no it's not perfection you're constantly working on yourself and you will make mistakes along the way but remember that whenever you make a mistake you repent and ask god for forgiveness and guidance so you do not make that mistake again we cannot end this episode without talking about the mercy of the lord genesis 3:21 the lord god made tunics of animal skins for adam and his wife and clothed them even though they had sinned against god and it was because of that sin that they realized they were naked god did not want them to live in shame god did not want them to hide from him and so because of that he clothed them he covered their nakedness and the lord will do the same for you when you go against god when you feel ashamed when you feel so much guilt don't don't try to bear it all by yourself don't try to carry the burden on your own go to the one who will help you go to god or run to god because he alone can help and when you truly repent he will forgive you the coming of christ was um announced in genesis 3 it was in in the middle of the old testament the coming of christ was announced since the beginning immediately after the fall of man the promise of jesus's first coming was made immediately after the fall of man the lord loves us so much but we keep messing up but the lord still loves us and he does not want you to 
perfect yourself before coming to him. If we try to achieve perfection, then we wouldn't need God. Come as you are. Go to him as you are. Broken, he will fix you. Ashamed, he will clothe you. Heartbroken, he will heal you. Incomplete, he will complete you. So you can be vulnerable with God. If you are like me and you find it really hard to be vulnerable with other people, well, <laughs> you can be vulnerable with God because he already knows everything. There is nothing you can hide from him. There's nothing you're going through that he does not know. He is simply waiting for you to invite him into your life. Before I end this episode, I want to ask three questions. Two of them are from the Women's Devotional Bible. And the last one is from yours truly, me. Um, the first one is, what sinful habit, if you allow to continue, could destroy your life? Second question, how could you better care for your temple, that is your body? And the last question is, would you rather your temple, that is your body, be destroyed by sin or filled with God's glory? All right, all right. We have come to the end of this episode. I hope you liked this episode. I hope you learned a few things from this episode. And the Raisin Army podcast is now available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. So I would love to hear your response to the questions I asked. I would also love to hear what you guys have to say, your additions, corrections. I would just love to hear from you guys. And so... Wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. God bless, I love you, and bye.